0: How's it going today, guys? We're back here live once again for another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. I'm joined once again by Austin Clark. Austin, say what's up to the people.
1: Yo, hey, what's up, TP3 sports fans? Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I always enjoy spending a little time with an old friend And Thomas Penland.
0: Oh, yeah. I don't remember me and Austin said this last time, but me and Austin go way, way back, back to, like, what, first grade? Or is it even before that?
1: I think uh, first grade, second grade is – I think we were in the same class in second grade. We would play football at recess every single day. t you used to throw dimes to me in the
0: end zone. Hey, We, we all used to think we were Michael Vick back in those days. Damn, you, you froze up there for a second. Yeah, I froze up there for a
1: second.
0: But everything's good to go um, We got a pretty good show for y'all today Like I, like we do every weekend It's time for the betting segment of this podcast um, You know how we do We go through the biggest games of the weekend And this weekend we're going to start things off With a little NFL I went a little more NFL than college this week Just because the college card kind of sucks But we've still got some good games here to pick from um, we'll start things off here with the Rams at the Saints. And we got Rams minus two and a half. What are you thinking about this one, Austin?
1: This one's a tough one. Uh, of course, it's the NFC rematch after the big miss call um, in New Orleans. I, this one's tough because I, I think the, the over-under is somewhere around 53. So it's going to be a high-scoring game. And um, I have a hard time for some reason seeing seeing the Rams being effective on offense. We have the, the problems with Todd Gurley not not being a factor in the red zone. It kinda worries me what's going on Sean McVeigh's head. My lean is towards the Saints here after that crate. I think if they can play kinda like they did against the Texans on, on Monday, that they should be they should win this game. But it's really hard. I'm, I'm going to actually lay off this, this game in terms of betting, but if I'm leaning a certain way, I'm, I'm going to lean with the Saints and Drew Brees and Michael Thomas.
0: Okay. Um, I'm actually on the opposite side of you, which is a good thing that we both don't agree. So the Saints and the Seahawks, both these teams typically start pretty slow. The Saints and the Seahawks are combined one sixteen and one against the spread for weeks 1-2, and 2, which I think is a pretty strong trend there. I played against the Saints in week 1 um, last week in one. That was one of my max bets at the Texas Plus 7. I didn't quite have the balls to bet on the Bengals just because it's the Bengals in Seattle, even though that was the way I leaned in that one, but... Look, I think the Rams, you know, they they struggled a little bit to get on track at the beginning of the game. We saw Jared Goff and crew heat up in the second half. It really comes down to if they can block for Jared Goff, which I think they'll be able to. He's not great under pressure, as we've seen, but when he's not getting pressure put on him, he sits back there and picks defenses apart all day. I mean, the Texans, you know, they really pick the Saints team apart in the air, and the Saints are night and day to me, home and away. and. I don't really like them in this road spot here. I'm playing on the Rams minus two and a half. I think that Drew Brees and this team still has some things they need to figure out, and they were very fortunate to win last week. I felt like that the um, Texans really played more so not to lose rather than to win in the second half. Then when they went back to playing to win, they went right up and down the field easily. I don't think you can give McVay that chance. Look, I think there is definitely the revenge factor here for the Saints, but I don't think they're going to be able to come through with it. I really like the Saints minus or the Rams minus two and a half here. I think they'll get the cover, and I think that uh and I don't think it matters necessarily like you said about Todd Gurley I mean I think they're more so just trying to save him for later on the season season like they overused him last year that's why they brought in Darrell Henderson Malcolm Brown kind of went off though I was expecting a little more out of Henderson but I really like the Rams here
1: I think the Rams are probably the the better bet actually after looking here at last week's team uh, last week's team stats we have the Saints allowing almost 450 yards that's you just can't do that um i know part of that was probably because of that fourth quarter two-minute drill by deshaun watson but you know if you look at uh what the rams were giving up last week i i I know they didn't play uh, a team quite to the caliber as as the saints but they only allowed 366 yards so there's just a there's a big there's a big difference there, but on on offense, we're seeing uh, the Saints accumulated 520 yards. So it's I think what it's really going to come down to is who has the better offense.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you there. Also, I don't like the fact the Saints are traveling here on a short week. I think that uh, that factors into it a little bit too. Them having to go out to the West Coast, I kind of surprised honestly. Look, I'm not mad the Falcons are on in Sunday night because I get to fully focus on watching them, but. I'm kind of surprised at this game, especially like with the way the NFC Championship went last year. That it's not, you know, the Sunday night game and it's not flip flops. But you know, I'm not gonna complain about it being a Falcons fan. Um, Other other thoughts on this game is I think that you know the Saints they struggle the most when they get pressured up the middle, and I think that's gonna lead to Aaron Donald coming up the middle and wreaking havoc. Mm. Obviously, he doesn't have Sue anymore, but I don't really think that that matters as much. I mean, Sue did take on a lot of the double teams, and you know, Donald got a lot of the stats because of that, but. I don't think it's going to be really be a problem here for Donald. I mean, he did, he was a beast the year before Sue got in there. I don't know why anything else would change. Also, the Rams don't really have any injuries on the, uh, inju- on their, uh, in- injured, uh, injury report. I couldn't think of the word there for a sec, but I like the Rams in this one. You got any closing thoughts? Are you ready to move to the next one? I'm ready to go with the
1: next one. Let's go. Minnesota Vikings versus green Bay Packers, uh, Sunday at one.
0: Yeah, we got the Packers minus three in this one. Um, I'm I'm actually leaning towards the Vikings plus three. Look, trend-wise, the, the Packers are seven and three against the spread at home versus Minnesota in their last ten matchups, but this Packers offense, I mean, it was awful last week. The defense looked amazing, but I don't even know how much of, if that was Mitch Trubisky just being horrible or if that was the Packers defense being that good, and... Based off that and how I mean if you take away that touchdown drive they had to Jimmy Graham, I mean, realistically the Packers D de- our offense really didn't do anything this entire game, almost under three yards per play, which is absolutely horrible. I think they're still figuring things out here between LaFleur and Rodgers and You know, I think the Vikings, on the flip side of things, they looked a lot more comfortable. You know, they looked like they were more so trying to take things out of uh, the hands of Kirk Cousins. They put the ball on Dalvin Cook's hands. And, I mean, Dalvin Cook, I watched this guy play every single game in college. He's an absolute beast. Before he got hurt his rookie year, he tore the NFL up. Last year, I mean, some schemes were off, and he was still a little banged up, so he did not have a good season. But healthy, I mean, he looks like a guy who can be a top five running. I mean, shoot, yeah, I'll give it to him. He could be a top five running back in the league. So, you know, I Absolutely. think the, I think the Vikings can come in here and pull this one out. I mean, they have one of the best defenses in the league. They're definitely gonna brush the passer. I mean, a lot similar to that Bears defense, and I mean, they got to they got to Matt Ryan. I think he got pressured twenty times last week, which is a lot. I could see the same thing here.
1: Yeah, it's supposed to be Sunny and seventy five, and I'm expecting it to be week two of the Dalvin Cook show. Dalvin Cook accumulated fifty percent of the Vikings offense last week. Vikings were hardly even passing the ball and they have two of in my opinion two of the best receivers in the mm-hmm. league you know adam Thielen, Thielen, and 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 and, and stefan diggs you know we we didn't even really see the passing game uh there i think that minnesota has a a, a dual threat offense that's gonna walk all over um a, a not necessarily dysfunctional Green Bay Packers team, but an uncomfortable. I think this whole coaching situation, they need some time to get things to get together. And the way that the Vikings played last week against the Falcons, I know the Falcons played pretty, pretty shitty, but the Vikings looked like a championship caliber team.
0: Yeah, you know, um, also another thing that's in our favor in this one, packing the Vikings, is um, Coach Zimmer is an over 60% against the spread coach, which is pretty darn hard to do. And then on top of that that fact, you know, I really just feel like that there's something about this Vikings team. You know, they kind of got over the fact the Eagles trounced them in that NFC Championship game as a rough year last year. They look a little more comfortable with Kirk Cousins in the second year. And, you know, from the flip side of things, from Green Bay, I want to see them open up a little bit more in offense. And it took LeFleur, you know, a couple – it took him to about week eight when he was with Tennessee to really get that offense going when he finally unleashed Derrick Henry. So, you know, I could see a lot of the similarities here. Um, also, three is a pretty square number to have in the NFL. I think that's a really key number when it comes to betting it. I like the Vikings at plus three when it gets down to like two and a half, two. I don't know about it in that area, but at three, I think playing on the Vikings is a good Hamm- play. There. Hammer
1: it at three hammer at three
0: yeah absolutely let's move things now to the Seahawks traveling cross country to play at the Steelers um so as Pittsburgh favorite it was at a four now it's at three and a half it's, uh which way are you um, going in this game
1: I'm going with the Seahawks here I think that I, 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 I haven't really seen enough out of the Seahawks offense to be confident in maybe putting some money on this game. But if I have to lean one way or the other, I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I think that the Steelers have a good running core in James Conner. But if you can can stop the run, Juju Smith-Schuster is not capable, in my opinion, of the wide receiver one responsibilities. And it's too easy for... Uh, A defense to shut down that wide receiver one uh, position, and if you've also shut down the running game, I don't feel like Ben Bit Big Ben and the Steelers' offense can really get it done.
0: You know, I'm actually going to disagree with you a little bit on this one here. I like the Steelers here to cover and win this game. Actually, I'm playing on the Steelers. As I don't know if I made it clear or not, I'm playing on the Vikings as well at that number. Look, I'm really high on the Steelers this year. I know a lot of people aren't. Um, I definitely do think the offense looked pretty bad, but you know, I think that might have just been a week one Steelers thing. Here's a um, little key trend for you all here to play on. Like I said earlier about that Seahawks and Saints combined week one, well, the Se- Seahawks also in their last 15 road openers are 1-14 against the spread. Um, I just think that was an awful embarrassing performance by Pittsburgh. I think they're going to turn things around. I don't think their offense ever got to be comfortable out on the field. I mean, they ran the ball for 32 yards last week. Also, teams that run the ball for under 50 yards when they go back home see huge changes in their teams. I think they'll get James Conner involved a little bit more in the pass game and the run game like the Steelers typically do. Um, Juju is questionable for this game, which is kind of a big question mark for me, but honestly, if he doesn't play, I wouldn't bet this game yet because if he's ruled out, I think we can get the number a little bit more in our favor. Also, I don't see how Moncrief can play any worse. I thought James Washington had a decent (laughs) game with that one big catch he had, but, um... You know, I I just feel like the Steelers, man, they just played so bad in this game. We saw the defense get gashed. I think they'll look a little bit more comfortable this game. I mean, Seattle struggled to move the ball as well. They only ran the ball for 72 yards last week, and we know they're a run-first team. The Bengals' offense... They had nine big pass plays, which is a lot, considering the fact that they didn't even have A.J. Green in that game. I think they can exploit a lot more of these things. Seattle's a team to me that gets better as the season goes on, and I look here to see Pittsburgh exploit a lot of these problems and bounce back and get a big-time home win.
1: Hot, Hot take.
0: Oh yeah, you know, I I picked the Steelers to win the Super Bowl, so I mean, I'm not just backing them for that reason, (laughs) but I I think, you know, the Steelers have been notorious for starting seasons slow, and the Steelers are also notorious to playing down to their opponent's level, so, uh, you know, I don't think it's a crazy number at minus three and a half here, and I think it's one Pittsburgh can easily cover, I think it'll keep going down as the week goes on, I think we'll see by Sunday, I think we'll see some threes on the board, and I mean, if Juju's ruled out, I think we'll see some twos as well.
1: Uh, I think if you see a two, it's worth
0: taking putting putting some money on it maybe maybe one or two units for sure. Uh, no, absolutely. Um, any other thoughts on this uh, on this matchup or any NFL matchups for each shift to college? Uh, one one
1: matchup I really wanted to hone in on was this Bill's Giants game. The spread okay. right now is for the bills at minus one and a half. I think that the Bills absolutely walk all over the Giants,
0: and I'm thinking about really hammering this play. You know, I definitely don't disagree with you there. Um, the Bills' defense looked absolutely unstoppable. That was actually my max, my max bet at the one o'clock hour was the Bills, and I was sitting there watching this game, and I was like, "Wow, like how could we turn the ball over three? Or I guess it was, yeah, it was three times in the first half, yeah. and I was like. We gave this one away. Like you know, you sometimes you sit there and watch bets, and you're like, "Wow, like this should have hit. We just screwed this up. It's not gonna happen." You know, I kind of had given up on it, but I kept the game on, and then next thing you know, we drive down. CJ Mosley gets injured. I was like, "Wow, this might actually happen." And next thing you know, the Bills are <laughs> able to pull that one out. But a, a key trend. By. What'd you say? Squeak by, but oh, <laughs> I mean that. Trust me, that one probably took about two years off my life sitting there watching that one play out. But. <laughs> Um, A key trend that I actually am looking to play on this week in the NFL is teams that play on the road in both week one and then again in week two are two and 13 straight up and one and 14 against the spread. But in this situation, I actually think it can be one of those teams that goes against the trend because Buffalo's in New York. So, you know, it's not like the team really has that crazy amount of travel. On top of that being said, they played in the stadium last week, you know, so they're playing in the stadium again in back-to-back weeks. They're going to have more games in the stadium than the Giants have, and I think that's a real big thing to point out here, too. I mean, the Giants look pathetic. Their defense looked awful. No, realistically, the Bills take care of the ball, and one of those scores that that the uh, Jets had was on a pick six that bounced off the receiver's hands. I mean, I'd say it would be hard for the Bills to play much worse than they did last week. Absolutely. So –
1: Definitely uh, keep keep your eye on that. Uh, I'm expecting that number from at one and a half to change, maybe maybe even to three. And at three, I'm a little I'm a little bit hesitant because with these NFL games, you never know what could happen. All these guys are professionals. Um, you never know who which team is in the zone, which team is is gelling together in a particular week. Anything can happen any week, and so that's one of the reasons why I like betting these NFL games more than I like these college games is because the spreads are much more tolerable. You can really work with these spreads when you have, and we're going to get to it a little bit later, but when you have Clemson at minus 28, uh, you know, playing Syracuse, you know, you have to think, you know, is this team going to win by four touchdowns, you know, and that's kind of a hard thing to predict. So, um, when you get things down to something as small as a field goal or a couple of points, you feel a lot more comfortable about your bets.
0: Yeah. You know, I actually agree with you here on this one. NFL is all about key numbers to me. Like, I mean, at three, I would probably look to take the giants, but I've already bet the bills actually. I bet them when they're at one. So I like the bill. I like the bills, especially at that number. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, like you said in college, like I feel like in college, realistically, unless the move goes to like a, uh, you know unless it's like a crazy move like i think oregon opened at like minus 29 and they're at like minus 37 now <laughs> like that's one of the craziest moves i've ever seen on a yeah. game but you know like i feel i feel like in college i mean like you said like in that clemson series like if you're taking one of those 28 point spreads it's basically you have to go in the way of the blowout and if you don't think it's going to be a blowout then you know like there's too much leeway with a spread like that and too easy to get through the back door rather than nfl you know there's it's a lot different game for sure when it comes to betting both of them but let's move here now to college and we'll start things off like we said with Clemson at Syracuse you know Syracuse they've played pretty well against Clemson as of late they beat them two years ago then last year almost beat them in that game where Trevor Lawrence got hurt and Clemson somehow pulled it out um, it's Syracuse plus 28 is the home team actually 28 and a half uh, what do you like in this one
1: Um, I'm going to take Clemson covering the spread Clemson is averaging almost 55 points a game It's so when you look at that. I have a hard time. I mean this Syracuse team is sorry I can't believe they're ranked to be honest with you They just beat Hugh Freeze in a hospital bed two weeks ago, you know, like I don't think that the Syracuse Syracuse team is really anything to pay attention to it's the I I commend them for being in the ACC and, and I I think they're. I think like the FPI, like chance for them to win is like less than three. Like you know, uh, on the money line, of course. Um, I just I, I think that that uh, that Clemson's gonna walk all over them. I will say, Clemson uh, puts up more points in their first half than they do in their second half. So when you have these crazy spreads at uh, anything really over 20, I like to break it down. And so what I really like is is taking Clemson at like, I think it's at like minus 13 and a half for the first half. I, I can definitely see Clemson being up by two
0: touchdowns at halftime. You know, it's funny because I actually broke this game down the exact same way you did. I lean towards Clemson in that first half as well. Um, I haven't decided if I'm going to make a play on that or not yet. I probably will, honestly. I'll probably take them or Bama, <laughs> which is our next game on the first half spread, possibly even maybe Georgia. I feel like with those teams, they're – that's one thing I've definitely seen consistency in the last three years since I've been paying more attention to it is, is those teams in the first half spread. They always do a lot better. But Syracuse is a team I was really high on coming the season. I thought they were the best team in the uh, ACC Coastal. I'm, I mean, sorry, they're not in the Coastal. They're in the Atlantic. I thought they were the second best team behind, um, behind uh, Clemson in that side. And, you know, I thought that quarterback Tommy DeVito, that he'd be much better. He looked awful against Maryland throwing three interceptions. Now, I actually took Maryland in that game. I was very confident in them, but I didn't expect the defense to be that good. I expected it to be a very close game, which it was not at all. And, you know, they Dino Babers, in my opinion, is one of the better coaches. Like, hes if, I don't know if they, you saw the video or not, if you watched any of that game, but he's great does a great job of motivating his teams. But I just don't think I can take Syracuse here. They just looked too bad last week. See, if they put up a good fight, I was planning on playing them this week at plus 28 and a half. You know, that was a game I really, really liked Syracuse to cover. But looking at it now, I actually hate this spot for Syracuse, and I think that they're going to get steamrolled by Clemson. And I also think that... Dabo, you know, he's probably not happy with the way Syracuse played with them the last two times, and I feel like that he's there's gonna be some of that in the back of his mind that he doesn't want Dino Babers or Syracuse to think they have a chance against them in the future. And I think he might just run the score up all over him. We kinda saw him do it against Florida State who had done it to them as kind of revenge. So I think this is a little bit of a revenge factor too for Clemson and they lay the wood wood to him here.
1: Absolutely, you had the whole quarterback falling out situation, and it, it originated. The catalyst was the Syracuse game, so I think it will be a little bit of a Dabo Sweeney revenge tour first half for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh move things over now to uh, the last game on our thing on our. Uh... Board Before we go into our uh, best bets and you know, first thing I want to say about this week in college football is there's not a lot of great games out there watching wise or spread wise out there to bet on a lot of them are very jacked up. I think I've kind of narrowed things down to the better ones to bet on. But I also try to kind of choose, you know, just because I know a lot of our listeners are in the South, so I kind of try to choose more, like, Southern teams like Clemson and Alabama to talk about this week. Plus, you know, this is the 330 SEC game of the week, but we've got Alabama on the road going to South Carolina, plus 25 and a half here for South Carolina. Which way are you going?
1: Oh, This this game, I've, I, I've contemplated this game for a couple of days now, and... Here's my hot take. I think South Carolina covers the spread. I just cannot see two SEC teams playing against each other and one one team winning by three touchdowns and a field goal. I just have a hard time seeing it. I don't care if it's Clemson or Alabama or Oklahoma. I don't think any team is going to beat a mid-tier SEC team team by three touchdowns and a field goal
0: you know I definitely don't disagree with you there it's a lot of the sharper players this week are playing on South Carolina here but to me this is a no play or Alabama you know I would don't I would lean towards playing Alabama in the first half and if I had to play full game I would lean on South Carolina via the back door just because I don't think they'll quit in this game, just because they have Ryan Holinski uh, I believe he's a freshman. Let me double-check that. Um, but he's playing quarterback here for South Carolina. Yeah, he's a freshman. So, you know, I think South Carolina would definitely be trying to get him more reps, get his confidence back up, maybe get something in the end zone. Plus, Alabama's defense is a little beat up as well. So that's another question mark for me there. But... You know it's on the road here. I could definitely see the back door laying wide open, but the fact Kalinske's in here—if Jake Bentley was playing quarterback—I would 150% play on South Carolina plus the plus the 25 and a half. It'd probably be more. I think it was at 21 when Bentley was supposed to be playing because this was a game of the on the out there for a game of the year to bet. But you know Brian Edwards is a great offensive weapon as well for South Carolina. I just think Tua and company—you know—they can really sling the ball around the yard. So to me. I'm per- probably going to end up avoiding this game altogether, but you know I definitely would not be shocked to see South Carolina cover via the back door. I mean, like you said, the SEC is one of the more competitive conferences, and also you know Must Champ and uh, Saban are pretty familiar with each other since they did coach together when they were both at LSU. So that is another thing too to think about.
1: Absolutely, there's always uh, a pretty. It's always pretty close whenever uh, you have former assistants play. Play their their successors, so to say. Uh, whether that be Bill Belichick or Nick Saban, we've seen that with Dabo Sweeney. We've seen that, and that that's another thing too. Maybe we should we should talk about is this Miami Dolphins versus Patriots game going into our best bets. Um, I just want your two cents on it. We have um, a Miami Dolphins coach that used to be a successor of Bill Belichick. And the Miami Dolphins played, let's just be honest, the worst offense and defense on both sides of the ball in the NFL last week. It was honestly embarrassing. The Ravens walked all over them. It was the Lamar Jackson show. I have a hard time thinking that the Dolphins are going to lose by that much. Again, I think the spread's at, what, 17? or 19. Maybe 19 now. Like, they just got beat by like 30 like the week before i don't see them losing by 30 and then losing by 20 i mean these are professional grown men like i just doesn't happen in the nfl where you see teams lose that
0: badly back to back yeah you know i agree with you plus you got to think about this it's going to be hot in florida you know the patriots aren't going to want to see the injuries build up i think they're going to run the ball a ton in this game and I think they're going to try to chew the clock more. I actually do have a play on the under 48 in this game, which will be on my NFL card this weekend. And, you know, like you said, I mean, this is a big-time rivalry. You know, the Dolphins see the Patriots coming in here. I'm sure they definitely feel a little embarrassed, and they were kind of checked out of that game last weekend. But I think they're probably coming in here saying, oh, the Patriots think we suck. Everybody thinks we suck. Like, let's go out there, shock the world. You know, I think, like, if you're, like, you know, when you're having a horrible season and you play the best team, like, that's a game you want to get up for. And, I mean, like you said, the – the um like di- skill level difference is not as great in college as, or, as in a uh, NFL as it is in college you know so i mean these are like you I mean you said these are professionals here if i think this is a no play on the patriots and honestly if i have a good day on saturday i might have the balls to play on new england or to play on the dolphins in this game tom brady's never covered a spread he's 0 5 against a spread over 17 and teams that are That are uh, favored by this many points. I mean, we saw the Bills win outright as a 17 point dog last year on the road at Minnesota. So, you know, I. Dolphins are a home dog this heavy. That is absurd to me, you know. And plus, another thing to keep in mind, Miami actually has one of the better home field advantages in the NFL, not from speaking of a fan standpoint, but from the fact that the field, the way the field is built, it's to have almost no sun on the Dolphins' sideline and to have a ton of (laughs) sun on the opposing team's sideline to give them that home field advantage. So the Patriots are going to be hot. I don't think that they can win by that many points. I think New England wins by 10, and also the back door will be wide open, you know. Absolutely.
1: I'm definitely maybe throwing some money on, on the Dolphins, especially maybe uh, putting them in, in a couple of parlays. You add some value to some parlays because, like, like I said earlier, I feel like NFL is a lot easier to predict than, than college. So I like playing these parlays because I don't feel like I'm risking as much
0: yeah exactly and you know another thing that comes into what you said too real quick before we get to the bets is you know there's not so much in the NFL as there is in college where there's that you know true freshman who gets out on the field and you know picks up a fumble and scoops and scores it rather than the NFL where they just fall on the ball because they're getting paid you know they're trying to make a name for themselves in college and do anything they can so it's another thing to think about as well Um, let's get in here now our best bets we're giving three out each I'll let you kick it off what's your first one Austin I,
1: I, I would have said that Buffalo minus one and a half, but since we already talked about it. You can it, do that one still.
0: Gonna,
1: I, I, I got another one right here in my back pocket. I'm going to go with uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, also at a one and a half point spread. Uh, they're playing San Francisco. Um, the game is in Cincinnati, so they're home, home favorites. And I think that the Bengals maybe should have won that game it was close last week so i think they come come to home and and try to
0: get a dub after uh after a rough week i actually agree with you on this one i'm on the Bengals as well and that uh that teams that play on the road in week one and play again in week two is uh active trend in this game like we like i was talking about earlier so that's i mean that's another huge factor to think about there the Bengals move the ball really well and you know the 49ers' offense didn't play very well. The Buccaneers, tur- Jameis gave them t- a bunch of gifts last week with all the turnovers. So, you know, I think the Bengals, they can win this game. The team hasn't given up yet or hit tank mode yet. So I'm on the Bengals as well in this one. I like it. I'm actually going to go with another kind of funky NFL play here, and I'm going to go with the Lions plus two and a half here. I saw a lot I liked about the Lions in this last game. They were really able to throw the ball up and down the field. TJ Hawkinson had nine targets, six catches for over, I think it was 100. 20-something yards set a rookie tight end record. I think the Lions, you know, they add Danny Amendola. I like Kenny Galladay. They call him baby Megatron out there. You know, I think they've <laughs> actually built kind of an offense here that's pretty damn good. And Matthew Stafford can throw the ball all over the yard as well. You know, he's he's got a big arm. And the Chargers come in this game. They're traveling across the country. They're pretty beat up. They have the they have the 29th ranked offensive line by Pro Football Focus coming the season. And Russell Okung or Okung, I think I, I can't even pronounce it right now, but he is out. And He's their best offensive lineman. I mean, you don't have Melvin Gordon. Hunter Henry's out. Mike Williams is is um, listed as doubtful right now with a hurt knee. Also, on the flip side of things, Derwin James is out. He's their best defensive player in the secondary. Shout out Florida State on that one um you sure, know just the
1: I, austin eckler show and justin james really it's just their running game
0: yeah exactly that's what i'm saying so you know i'm i'm on the lions here plus two and a half and you know i'd love to even see a three pop up on the board i just think the chargers beat up traveling cross country you know even though that the game they won in overtime you know still the fact they had to play that extra time in overtime definitely takes a little bit of a toll on you here so I'm on the Lions. I think it's a great spot as a home dog here. I there's nothing I love more than home dogs. So I'm on the I'm on the I, I Lions.
1: Like, I like a nice home dog, and I like when you bring that kind of stuff to my attention because otherwise, I wouldn't have been looking at the Lions. So
0: yeah, you know it's a, it's a good it's a good spot for sure. Uh, what do you what's your next bet? Oh, uh, my next bet. I I am really really low
1: on the Bears entirely this year i think the bears are gonna be not as good as they were last year i think they're gonna be middle of the pack but despite that i agree the the broncos are terrible oh my goodness i have never seen an an offense struggle so much i i hated betting on the broncos last week i thought it was the lock of the year was Broncos and I I thought that you know that little extra research and doing watching hard knocks this year would give me a little little bit of an edge to see that the Raiders are a little bit dysfunctional but they walked all over the Broncos and so with the Bears at minus three with all the weapons that they have which last week in my opinion they used Uh, incorrectly you had Tree Cohen out there running like a wide receiver I'm gonna take the Bears minus three covering the spread I think that they walk all over the Broncos even though it even though despite uh the Broncos being at home I know that's usually a factor with you being a a mile above sea level altitude and whatnot um I think the Bears uh
0: I think the Bears walk away with much more than in three points um i don't have the trend at my hand right now but i believe it's like the broncos are 30 it's like 30 i can't remember what it is exactly but the broncos um are very are basically one of the best teams at home in the month in the month of september also on top of that I mean, like you said, they have one of the best home field advantages, and it's a tough place to go in and play. The Broncos are night and day home and away. Um Trubisky's horrible rolling out, and also on top of that, I mean rolling out to his weak side weak side. Um the Vic Fangio, the defensive or the head coach, was the defensive coordinator last year in Chicago, and I think he's pretty familiar here with this offense and knows how to stop it. You know, I like Fangio to come out here and stop him. I'm actually on the opposite side from you here. The Broncos are really good at home, and I'm, they're another home dog. Home dogs bark the loudest, and I'm back <laughs> in the Broncos this week.
1: I, th- I think it'll be an interesting game. Uh, I think that the Bears are a lot worse than everyone thinks that they are, and I think that the Broncos are terrible. I think it'll be very much like this uh, Panthers-Bucks
0: game t- tonight. Yeah, you know, I definitely agree with you in the fact of the uh in in that sense for sure. I'm not very high on the Bears either. I actually went under on their win total, if that tells you all anything. I don't have them in the playoffs either. Um, let's get here now. I'm gonna go with I'm last week I gave out mostly NFL just because I had a bad week in college football to start the season off, and I was not as I still played like a regular would, but I was I don't know, I was just not as confident in my plays, didn't trust myself as much as I should have. But this week, I'm actually gonna go with some college plays here. So I'm gonna go with Michigan State minus 14. You know, Michigan State was the most injured team in college football last year. They got, by the way, they have Arizona State at home. Um, they were beating Arizona State going into the fourth quarter last year, and then in the it kind of you know took a different turn. They got tired out there in that 105 heat. And the team ended up slowing down. So, you know, I think Michigan State can uh, come back here, cover the spread at home. This defense is pretty much unstoppable. Also, you know, Arizona State struggled to score against freaking Sacramento State last week. Sacramento State. Michigan State held their opponent week one in negative 17 rush yards. I like Michigan State to whoop up on them here. Uh, my computer's on 5%, and I <laughs> let me see if my charger's over here. But go in with your uh, week three best bet. Or, I mean with your third best bet. My third best bet of the week is i don't
1: know if he's listening but shout out ryan delesky mississippi state minus seven and a half against kansas city uh, kansas state i'd like to see that number move down maybe to seven and i might take an alternate line on it um but uh 70 of the public is taking kansas state which absolutely astonishes me um you got a Big 12 team playing an SEC team. Uh, I just really think that the Mississippi State Bulldogs are super undervalued here. Um, For Thomas, just sitting down, I'm going to take Mississippi State minus 7.5 against uh, Kansas State. No, I heard you. I heard Um, you. Keep going. Yeah. Um, I think – I haven't really watched enough of Mississippi State to – to know how well their offense is this year and it's only it's only week three um but when i see these interconference games between sec teams and big 12 teams or big 10 teams or Pac pack 12 teams like for instance that auburn oregon game like i would have thought that oregon was gonna at least cover a three and a half point spread but the cap the difference between the sec and I'm not, that one. I'm, a, I'm not just saying this cuz I'm I'm not just saying this cuz I'm an SEC fan but the difference between the SEC and any other conference other than Clemson is is astronomical it's it's the the mm-hmm. level of the level of performance you get out of your players the no, the number of players that go to the NFL it, the numbers are are the numbers speak for themselves and I think that um, that the public is just wrong here, taking Kansas State at 69% of the public is taking Kansas State. I cannot believe that.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I love home teams that are getting under, I mean, especially that are getting under 30% of the bets. I like, See, to me, it's, it only tells anything if it's at 60% plus. I mean, 70% here on an against an SEC home team, I think is absolutely ridiculous. So, you know, I agree with you, and I might actually look at that game. I haven't given it much thought yet, but I'll do a little research on it. I think that's a good call there. Um, my last game that I'm going to play on here is I'm going to go Iowa State plus two and a half. Look, um, Coach Purdy has a great team here. I think that this Iowa State program has only gotten better and better under him. I love the fact that they're an underdog here in a rivalry game. The spread's moved in them being plus two and a half from them being favored. Iowa's getting hammered here by the public, and I honestly love Iowa State. You know, they haven't... They haven't uh won or covered in this in the last four games in this, but I think that also leaves them being a little pissed off. They underperformed week one, so everyone's overreacting to it. And you know, Northern Iowa could probably beat, you know, any team in the bottom 30% of the college football. I mean, shoot, they could even beat, you know, like they're a good team. They're top ten team in the FCS. So and that's not a bad thing. Also, I think they're looking ahead of this. Also, Iowa State comes off a bye week. You know, Iowa's played two games. Iowa State's the home team off a of bye week. I think they're going to be more focused. I think they are trying to play vanilla offense, so Iowa can't come up here and, you know, doesn't have as much on film. I love Iowa State in this spot, and I think it's absolutely absurd that we're catching two and a half points. I mean, I, I would love to even see this move to three. If this moves to three, this will be a max bet. Michigan State's going to be, I think, my max bet, though, for college football this week. So... That's all I got for you guys, Austin. Anything else you want to say before we get out of here?
1: That's it. I appreciate you having me, man. It's always a pleasure.
0: Hey, no problem. I actually loved how we had, you know, these conversations about general betting as well to go along with our games. So I thought, you know, I thought this was one of my, the better picks pods we've done. But so we'll definitely have to do it again here soon. But appreciate you coming on. I appreciate everyone tuning in, and we'll see y'all.